Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Comic Book Investing System Podcast. My name is Andrew Davis, and here we are to talk about investing questions and making you a better comic book investor. So today, I was scrolling around in one of these Facebook groups, and one of the questions that came up was, I was advised, and not me as I, but somebody else, was basically saying, hey, I was advised to only invest in cover A's, seeing every other cover and I figured that we would talk about that issue and investing and how people say oh you should only get cover A or only cover A is going to go up and sometimes we see cover A beat out a cover B and that might be true on certain books and typically you know the cover A is kind of what a DC a Marvel or another company sort of pushes out first and foremost and I personally think it's BS because I think anytime a character has a first appearance, regardless of whether that's a cover A, B, C, or D, you know, typically that's a good thing. And I think it really doesn't matter because it's what's inside that cover that I think really matters. But oddly enough, in the comic community, it's weird where sometimes a cover C, though, goes above and beyond a cover A. So people say, oh, you should only get the cover A because that's what's going to be worth money in the long run. And to some degree, they're right, but also I think it massively depends on who the artist is, what type of book is out there. And to even go further into this, you know, cover A's and cover B's and sometimes cover C's, and then we get into incentive variants. Everything is based off of cover A. Now, that's on the Marvel side and a few other companies. For DC, they sort of have gone a little bit haywire where we don't know exactly how many of a particular cover is ordered because comic shops, when they're dealing with DC Comics, have the ability now to say, hey, I want 100 cover A's, I want 50 cover B's, I want 25 cover C's, and I want 10 cover D's. And so if that's the case and you're actually looking at exclusivity, then it could very well be that cover D has an extremely low print run versus a cover A based on that notion. So by definition in this entire discussion, it's very odd to me because while cover A is foremost and front and center and is typically kind of the first book that's released, that also doesn't really address exclusivity as far as DC versus Marvel. Now in the Marvel world, cover A is what if there is an incentive variant that's based off of that. So for instance, sometimes there's a 1 in 10 ratio variant, and that ratio variant means that for every 10 of cover A's that come out, one of those cover B's comes out if it's incentivized, for lack of a better word here. So if that's the case, then everything is based off of that cover A position, which does add a sense of value, but also that rarity of a 1 in 10, I think, also circumvents that discussion. And then when we get into other print runs and other components as well, I also tend to think that while a cover A for its price component, especially if it's a Marvel book and it's $4 versus an exclusive that only has a 350 print run or a 500 print run, you know, is very different. And I think that's something that also has to be taken into consideration in that regard where, you know, obviously if you have a 500 print run, it's going to be treated differently. And in many ways, it is more limited, and especially if it's by a very cool artist, 
you know, there's just a book that just came out by Ebass that was only limited to 75 copies on a Venom book. I would tend to think that that cover A of that Venom book is not going to be as valuable because this Ebass cover, and it's Eric Basaluda, is way more exclusive and only 75 people are going to have this book and statistically there's going to be a bunch of 9.8s in these books but there's also going to be some 9.6s, 9.4s and hopefully there's nothing below a 9.2 and I don't really expect anything on that front but at the same time I think it's super important to recognize that when we get into that sector those books in many ways can beat out cover A's. And then furthermore, if we're going to dive into Zenoscope, and I love speaking about Zenoscope because I think they're a perfect example, they do a lot of con exclusives. And so they have a cover A for one of their books, but then they have a 250 print run of that book. And so their cover A cannot beat out a 250 print run. Now, I understand their cover A is a $4 book, and the 250 print run is a $25 book. And I get that you're investing a $21 difference. And so the gains on that 250 price book have to be greater than the gains on that cover A book that is out there. But also with Zenoscope and even to back up, some of their books, they have three or four different variants. And sometimes they have different artists. And I, this has happened to me where a cover C on a regular Zenoscope book has actually gone up 15 times when I bought it versus the cover A based on the cover artist. So when we hear this debate and we have this discussion, you know, only investing in cover A's, I don't really buy that argument because I think it depends on who the artist is. I think it massively depends on who is drawing, what is the exclusivity, how fast something sells, you know, A, not to disparage anybody at Zenoscope, but there are more artists who are in demand. You know, Keith Garvey's Zenoscope book on a regular as a C cover or a D cover or a Josh Burns, you know, Zenoscope just had their pinup book come out. And that Josh Burns cover is an amazing cover and it looks awesome and it's very visually appealing. And there's nothing ultra special about it as far as exclusivity or anything like that. But that book is going to sell better in many ways than the cover A because it's a certain style. It's a certain pinup style. And then if you go through that with DC and other companies, especially when you get out of the big two. So I really wanted to talk about this because I think this is super important to understand that, you know, when we have this discussion about cover A's versus every other cover, you know, and you have four covers in A, B, C, and D, I do think that it does depend a lot on who's drawing what, when they're drawing it, who the artist is, as well as how many of that book was printed. You know, if you only have 100 cover Ds and you have 10,000 cover As, you know, naturally, and I'm using the extreme example to illustrate the point where that cover D is going to be worth way more because only 100 people have that cover. And so I think that's something to pay massive attention to. And I think that the entire discussion, and uh, it didn't irritate me. I just thought it was a very weird discussion because people were on both sides of the fence. And I was here just saying, wait a second, like this isn't adding up. And we're not even factoring in 
incentives. We're not factoring in other types of variants. We're not factoring in massive exclusives that are limited. I mean, I know a lot of books and I have several books that only have 3,000 copies printed, you know, and it's a Dark Knight Metals blank cover. There's only 3,000 of those out there and I have three of them. So that should give you an idea that that book is exclusive. And so if I have to choose between a cover A of a Dark Knight Metals cover in the first issue or the blank, I mean, to me, the blank seems so much more exclusive and better and more in demand because there's only 3,000 of those. If we look at a Dark Knight's Metal 1, you know, there's at least 40, if not 50,000 copies of that out there. So for me, and that's a cover A versus like a cover F. So, you know, it's, it's kind of that position for me when I'm investing. So I think it really, as I stated before, and I'm somewhat repeating myself purposely, though, because I think the discussion is very narrow-minded because I think that there's too many variables to fully analyze because we actually do have to have those numbers. We have to have those incentives we have to have saying, oh, is cover A, you know, the regular cover, and then cover B is a 1 in 10, and then cover C is a 1 in 50, and then cover D is a 1 in 100. I mean, that significantly changes the viewpoint. Now, if cover A and cover B have the exact same count, you know, and there's not much of a difference, or, you know, it's an unknown artist on cover B, but then at the same time, you know, DC also just had some of Peach Momoko's last books on a Teen Titans as a cover B, and it was the same price. So that also is a factor where it's like, okay, this artist is a big deal, and this artist is not going to also be in DC for a while, for at least three to five years accordingly. So that's also a big thing, is that is that cover, as a cover B, going to be more valuable than that cover A? And so, again, there's just so many variables with this, and I just think it was a very narrow-minded discussion. And I think it actually shows lack of insight and understanding in variance and actually investing. And, and I tend to be a variant investor, and I tend to focus on that element because and I tend to focus on higher-end books. You know, I'm very upfront where I tend to want to spend a $25 price range, 20 to $25 to $50 price range on a book because I'd rather have a book that is more expensive and I'd rather have less comics and deal with higher merchandise items for certain reasons. And that's why I collect variants. But I thought the discussion was very narrow-minded because even if every single variant, even if every single variant, which is, or every single cover, depending on how we're going to count it, and A, B, C, and D has the same print run, they're going to have different artists who are in different demand. Not to mention that if all of a sudden... You know, DC has, you know, A, B, C, and D, and they have 10,000 of each. One of the things that's going to happen is that, let's say they give a random person who you never heard of or is on the up-and-coming a cover D, and then three years from now, that person is a breakout superstar. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I have a cover D, and now there's only X amount of these, and that kind of also is in play. So I think the entire conversation... As I stated, what was very inaccurate, I think it actually was very toxic and caused more harm because I think it just assumed that it's cover A is the way to go and invest and that you should disregard everything else. 
And I think there's way more to it than just that. And so I felt very inclined to have this discussion because as I stated, you know, there's artists factoring in, you know, there's how many of these books are actually printed, you know, how fast do they sell out? You know, a certain artist might catch fire. You know, the book at Zenoscope that I was speaking about before, it's a Jason Cardi book. That book sold out relatively quickly. It's an expensive book. I got it for a dollar. It sells for 15 to 20 bucks. When you're talking about a 15 to 20x rate of return on a dollar book, I mean, that's crazy. And even if I bought it for $4 and I sold it for 20, that's a 5x rate of return. So my point is that, but then cover B doesn't fetch that. And cover A doesn't even come anywhere close to that. So that's a great example and Sometimes that doesn't work with DC and Marvel, but sometimes it does. And which is sometimes certain covers with DC and Marvel, the cover B outperforms the cover A, both in what it's selling for and the number it sold and the price that it sells for later on on a secondary market. So this is just a very fascinating conversation. And obviously throughout this entire podcast and Facebook Live stuff, because obviously this is on Anchor 2, for those who are watching live or seeing this live, what we're going to come back to this and we're going to have massive discussions about variants and that entire thing, because I think this topic is so interesting and so important to talk about. And I feel like there's so much miseducation on it. And this is an area that I like to specialize in as a comic book investor. And that's a whole different topic for a whole different episode. And, you know, we're doing Monday through Fridays. So five episodes a week. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And this is a topic we're going to talk about multiple times. And you're here, you know, how I changed my opinion and a lot of other stuff and a lot of information. But I want to keep this under 15 minutes. And we're getting pretty close to that. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's kind of my thought and my process with all of this. And so on that note, yeah, I'm going to just stop there. But just remember, for those who are listening and seeing this, that this is an open discussion for the most part. And I do also want to encourage everybody that, hey, if you have a topic or you have a question, please shoot it to my DMs on here, comment it here, because I love talking about stuff. And I'm doing this because I want to educate people and I want people to feel like they have a home for comic book questions they have regarding investing. And that's what I'm about here. And that's kind of what this entire thing is about. It's meant for us as a community and for me to provide insight because I've been doing this for almost 10 years at this point. And I have a lot of answers to a lot of questions and I want to help people who are new investors as well as old investors. And so that's what we're doing here. So if you have a question, you don't understand something and It could be a stupid question. It could be a very sophisticated question. It could be anything in between, or you just don't understand something. You want some clarification. Um, That's what I'm here for. And that's what this is all about. So please, and I I really encourage this because I got a bunch of topics I want to talk about, but I want to hear what everybody has to say because that's what I'm really here for. So thank you for watching. I will see you tomorrow. And again, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and go read some comics and go buy some comics.